Before we get started, you should probably know that the following podcast contains strong language and conversations of an adult nature. Also, it will almost certainly contain spoilers. Welcome to Minisode 109 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a lapsed horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things. And I'm Andy Stewart. How the devil are you, sir? I'm not too bad, my friend, not too bad at all. You? Not bad, not bad. We are rumbling on week 16 or something now, I think. Of lockdown? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's starting to get a little bit fed up of it, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, so am I, but... I said this last week, I'm in no rush to go running back out and get myself involved in stuff that I think's fucking stupid. Don't know if you saw that stuff from London last night, where they, or England in general, where they opened up the pubs and people just went fucking nuts. Yeah, as it turns out, uh, people's perception of what one or two metres is kind of gets a little bit hazy after a few pints. I would imagine that to be true. It does seem to be the case, yeah. <laughs> Aside from looking at photos coming through from the Independent and tutting and rolling your eyes, what else have you been doing this week? <laughs> well, that's really it. <laughs> Uh, I've watched a couple of things. I went on a shudder and I checked out Yummy. Oh yeah, I remember mentioning this on the streaming platforms a week or two ago. Uh, however, I have forgotten almost everything about it. So uh, yeah, what's uh, what's the story there? <laughs> so Yummy is the story of a young couple who travelled to Eastern Europe to this kind of shady plastic surgery clinic. Okay, so far so hostile. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, uh, it couldn't be further from hostile, uh, in truth. And they get there and I'll just cut to the chase. Very quickly, a zombie outbreak. Because oh, that is very different from Hostel. Okay, uh, yeah, and it's extremely silly. Okay, fun. It's very fun. Uh, there's some moments that are really, really gross. In fact, they lean quite heavily into the gross stuff. Okay, whether that's your bag or not, uh, mm. you'll have to watch it to find out. Yeah, um, but I, I had a lot of fun with it. I thought it was, I thought it was good fun. Good, good. And uh, what else then? I know last week we touched on the Soho Horror Festival So Home Pride Edition. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a film that I kind of was really keen to see, and I reached out to Mitch to see if there was any way I could get my hands on it. So I watched Killer Unicorn. I still haven't seen this. Yeah. Um, this looked great. At the risk of kind of asking you to state the obvious, do you want to speak a little bit about what Killer Unicorn's about? Well, to clear that up, Mitch, it's actually not about a killer unicorn. It's about a killer uh, wearing pink sequined hot pants <laughs> and a unicorn mask. <laughs> okay. Okay, so what form does this story actually take? Well, it's essentially it's a slasher film. Yeah. This this character, uh, the unicorn, is going around and killing drag queens and, and gay guys in clubs. I've got to say, not the best acting in the world. Okay, okay. <laughs> in fact, I'm going to say quite poor right, for the most right. part. Okay. Quite, quite poor. A fun time, though? Uh, yeah, there's some fun to be had. I feel like it's not a long film at all, but I think it felt its length a little bit. Right, okay. But yeah, there's some interesting stuff in here, like some interesting kills. Like one of the one of the drag queens is kinda of choked to death on her wig. Like one guy gets killed with like an acid enema. Which sure. is uh, <laughs> also pretty gross. <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ, yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of CG blood in here that set my teeth on edge a little bit, mm, you know how always I feel does. about that. Yeah. And some of the physicality when the killer's actually killing people isn't there. It feels a bit lackluster and a bit slow. Okay. As if they were like, right, whatever you're going to do here, right, do it, but do it like so that we're sure no one's getting hurt. 
Okay, yeah. The killer isn't even like putting any f- fake physicality into it. It just felt a bit lackluster. Okay. I-, I had an okay time with it. I feel as far as LGBTQ slashers go, Hellbent is still the apex. That's going to be the high watermark uh, yeah. for it. Uh, it's going to take some beating. And I think that's true with this. I, I don't think it comes close. I think it has aspirations. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the, the fun stuff in there, I, I, I don't think is enough to really keep me going. But it was okay. Um, apart from theme selections, which we'll get to, is that about the height of it for you this week? Pretty much. Okay. Um, I have a couple of things. Uh, both rewatches, one of which I've spoken on here before, uh, the other I have not. Okay. I think we've picked up a fair few listeners since the last time I mentioned it. But as part of largely defaulting to what's comfortable during quite a stressful time, I uh, did go back and watch one of my absolute comfort films this week, namely The Guest. I think you mentioned The Guest like once every six months. Yeah, I think I just like to chime in. And if there's new people that haven't seen it, I'd like to remind them that it exists and they should go and watch it because it's so much fun. Okay, yes. Um, so I did that. Also, though, I want to speak about the fact that on the streaming platforms update we did last week, we mentioned that Session 9 was coming to Netflix. Yes. Uh, which I went back and watched this week alongside a lot of people. I, um, mm. I'm, in a few, I'm in a few Facebook groups, uh, horror Facebook groups, like the Evolution Horror one sure. and, mm-hmm. and the Fright Fest group and Silo Screams and things like that. All over the place, people were getting really excited about the fact that they had this platform to rewatch Session Nine very conveniently. Right so. And yes, rightly so, because it is—it's amazing. It's great. Really good time watching it back. Peter Head alum, Peter Mullen. Sure, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Hometown boy. I also think that, like, because of his time on CSI, I kind of feel like most things that David Caruso crops up in carry a certain preemptive silliness. But I don't feel like it applies here. I don't think it applies here either. Um, I think that it's it's actually quite nice to not have that bell that I can't unring. Right, you don't you're not thinking of Horatio. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah, and I'm kind of like taking the sunglasses off and saying a stupid one liner and all that kind of thing. Uh, session nine, I just think is uh, it's genuinely really scary. It's really clever. I really like. I think that the ending lands really mm. nicely. I won't say any more about it than that. If you have missed this kind of like social media wave of enthusiasm about session nine, or if you're hearing about it for the first time, uh, go back and check it out. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people slept on session nine. First time around, I would urge you not to do that now that it's available on Netflix because it's an amazing film. It is so good. Really, it really is so great. That's it for non-themed selections, however. Ah! Mitch goes back to the 90s! And another one from the streaming platforms this week. I have been taking my own advice a little bit for a change. Okay. Um. So after I had such a good time with Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight, Mm-hmm. On the Shockwaves 100 portion from a, f- uh, from a few months back. Yeah, I remember that. Huh? Yeah, watched it with you. Yes, you did. Prior to your house move, if I remember rightly. I think that might be correct. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, in the, in the old HQ, the original HQ. So uh, I watched Tales from the Crypt Bordello Blood. Ah, okay, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. This week, which I liked quite a bit. Sure. So yeah, if, if you're in the UK, presumably elsewhere as well, that's on Netflix now if you want to go check it out. It's basically about uh, Bordello. I like this quite a bit. It's uh, pretty daft. Yeah, well I. Mm-hmm. See these Tales from the Crypt films? Yeah. Are there any more of them? I think that's it. Um, certainly ones that are coming out with the Crypt Keeper at the start. And mm-hmm. I think they only made Demon Knight and Bordello of Blood in the TV series, which I think is a shame because I would have liked to have seen a few more of these. Uh, I, I really like both of them and the, the entire tone and the kind of over-the-top nature of them mm. really, really works for me. So it's a shame that there was only the two. I seem to remember for a while there was talk about resurrecting Tales from the Crypt, but that seems to have disappeared and all the focus seems to be on Creepshow now. And I'm uh, Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone. Oh, I of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, kind of feels like it's one of those things where 
you could make the argument it's ripe for revival right now, but also you could kind of, I guess, say that we're getting flooded with revivals of these kinds of things. They also did the animated series of Tales from the Crypt. So they did, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think that if you offered me a reboot of that and no more creep show ever, then I would take it. <laughs> Savage. <laughs> so that's about it for this week, apart from... We finally, finally <laughs> got back to Smoky Thriller Fridays this week, and what a time was had. Yeah, we got our fingers out our arses and actually made the conscious decision to sit down, select something, and actually watch it. Yeah, so the Smoky Thriller that we went for this week sent plumes of smoke through our respective homes. Yeah, I, I would say so. I would say it's one of the smokier ones that we've done. Five alarm fire. <laughs> We watched Awake this Awake, week. yes, uh, on Netflix. I had to disconnect my smoke alarms prior to this because I, I had suspicions that it might be quite smoky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't want the fire brigade showing up. Yeah, got uh, Jonathan Rhys Myers here. Jonathan Rhys Myers and William Forsyth and Clint Eastwood's daughter, whose first name escapes me. Francesca, I believe. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, Jonathan Rhys Myers' character, um, amnesia afflicted. Yeah, he at the start he's involved in an automobile collision and wakes up in the hospital with preposterous facial bandages. Like, he looks like Dark Man. Given <laughs> what we come to discover is the relatively incongruous nature of his facial injuries. Um, yeah, and it's basically about him kind of trying to unravel who he is and how he figures in uh, these major things that are going on. Well, there's a serial killer on the loose, yeah. and there's a suspicion that this amnesiac man may indeed be the serial killer that they're looking for. It's pretty much the height of it. This up there with the best ones that we've done, I think. Yeah, I've got to say, I think it's second only to an affair to die for for me. Which is still there the high water mark we've talked about this before also I had a soft spot for the mystery of Michelle I didn't I thought it was bland See, yeah, I did call it, it was saccharin um, it was diet coke mate <laughs> but yeah I think that um, with the high bar being an affair to die for and the low bar being dangerous lies of the things that we've done so far I would say that this is definitely awake is definitely nearer the top of that scale I, I'm, incl- I'm inclined to agree though. Yeah, yeah it was a good find so what have they been saying? It's feedback time, and uh, we've had quite a lot of stuff this week, and a few people mentioning some individual episodes, other people just getting in touch with general niceness and general comments, which has been cool. Yep. Um, I want to start then with uh, this past week's episode, Intruder, uh, yeah. Andy versus Mitch episode. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. A big thank you to you for joining me for that one. Oh, thanks very much. No, it was my pleasure. Darren Gaskell getting in touch saying, I love Intruder. Even like the cut Colorbox VHS version. Wasn't fortunate enough to see the uncut release they sent out by accident back in the day. The uncensored version is a riot. RIP to the great Danny Hicks. Here comes fucking Parker. <laughs> yep. We do have a little more chat on Intruder, but it's on a very specific part of Intruder. And it was when we spoke extensively about the baffling product placement of Hamilton Beach Blenders. Yeah, in which the- as it turns out are a real thing. Who knew? That you can still buy um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was I was stunned when you told me that. There is a very, very heavy-handed reference to Hamilton Beach Blender as an intruder. But if it is a product placement thing, it's weird because you don't see it. Mm-hmm. You don't get any read on how good of a blender it might be. No, and it's del- and the, the the anecdote is delivered by arguably the worst actor in the film. Also true, and uh, yeah, it's got nothing to do with uh, blending anything. No, it's just no. about hitting somebody in the head with it. And basically, all you find <laughs> out is that it's a it's a bulky enough piece of kit to knock someone out, but not kill them. So yeah, better. <laughs> blenders on the market if you want to pummel someone to death. (laughs) 
But um, yeah, we posted a picture, or you posted a picture to mm. our Instagram on and our Twitter of uh, Hamilton Beach Blender from that era, circa 1980. Yeah, yeah, very nice. Adam Guest, um, our pal and patron, got in sure, touch. Yes, uh, saying I'd feel confident about fucking somebody up with one of these. Yeah, and Darren Gaskell said that he's going to buy one of these for self-defence purposes, I think, if the police come into your house. You know, some people have got, like, a baseball bat next to their bed in case there's an intruder. Yeah. I think it's far better and maybe less telling that you're going to smash someone's head in should they invade your house to have a blender by the bed. Yeah, it definitely gives off a very different energy from having, like, a 12-gauge shotgun under your pillow. You could just say that you use it to blend margaritas without having to get up. Infinite possibilities. But you would also want to have... Like a bottle of tequila there and stuff, just to reinforce the lie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Which definitely. also, in a pinch, decent weapon. <laughs> suppose so. Here's a tangent I wasn't prepared for. <laughs> just one more thing on Intruder, mm-hmm. and this will come as no surprise to anyone. Uh, Dennis X. Ratherton reached out to tell us that he loves it, and he has it on VHS. That guy's VHS collection. We haven't seen photos from it in a little while, but mm. that guy's VHS collection is incredible. We used to get photos from Dennis, like, just about every film that we did, he had the VHS for it. Yeah, it's... it's at it's, least one copy. It's pretty, <laughs> it's powerful stuff. No, so nice to get a look back at that again as well. Absolutely. Also had some chat coming in on uh, Orphan as well, from a couple of weeks ago, when uh, the Velocipaster director, Brendan Steer, joined us. <laughs> Brendan's been uh, very enthusiastically joining in on the chat after this, which has been mm-hmm. fun. Uh, uh, you got anything for that? I do, yeah. Alison Garsha, our pal uh, at Alison Garsha, getting in touch to say, Strong Violent PC's latest episode on Orphan might be my favourite yet from oh, wow. this reliably great podcast. Ah. There you go, there's your pull quote there. Mm-hmm. The, the guest, Brendan Steer, is delightful. He was, the, yeah, he really yeah. was. And the film holds a special place in my heart. It's a cracker. Yeah, I'm willing to say that now. Cool, because it's not often that you completely reverse course on films, so it's yeah. quite, it's, it's, it's pretty But I told you prior to that, it was just ambivalence. It yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. like a form decision either way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've also got something from Kean O'Brien, who, if you recall last week's minisode, said that he was flat out unrepentant in his refusal to watch Orphan again. Didn't want to go near it. Wasn't going back, would never look back. Mm-hmm. So Kean has taken a week to think about this. Okay. And yes. hasn't quite reached a decision yet. At Mitch's request on the minisode, the episode may potentially have made me interested in revisiting Orphan. My issue with it was always that it was far too ridiculous and insanely high concept for how dull it is in execution. But you've made me think I might have been slightly too harsh. Oh, okay, okay. Well, if uh, if you ultimately come up on the side of revisiting it, then obviously we want an update. Uh, Brendan joined in with uh, some commentary on this, but I can't read it aloud because he uh, did it in video form. <laughs> uh, where he spoke for about a minute and a half on uh, why he thinks the orphan is great. Um, and then uh, mentioned right at the end that he was in a bathrobe. <laughs> So if you want to go see that for yourself, it's in, I don't know how I missed that. it's in our Twitter mentions. Go check it out. It's there. That's about it for Orphan. Yeah. Um, a double bill of feedback then from Kim Morrison. Ah, yes. Wicked Sister 69. The very same. So she got in touch on Twitter first off saying, glad I finally caught up with enough of Strong Violent PC that I'm hearing myself pop up in minisodes. Yeah, she used to be here all the time. Yeah. And uh, now she's kind of, she's reappearing, which is nice. Uh, mainly using my love for the Rage Carry 2 to sway Mitch's 90s side quest. If you ever need anyone to defend that movie, you know where to reach me. And then, getting in on some specific episode chat, and again, jumping a week further back, mm-hmm. to uh, The Return of Joey Keogh. 
<laughs> Hellboy. Yes, right. Hellboy. Okay. 27 minutes into Joey's episode of Strong Violent PC it was enough to convince me to watch Hellboy, and I'm glad I did. Comic book heroes, sewn together witches, pigmen, and skin ripping demons. What's not to like? Kim, plenty. But I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, and at this point, Kean jumped in, talking about his love for Hellboy. And I think that Joey was generally just delighted that she's like slowly amassing this group of allies that all love it. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about being complicit in that. Uh, you got anything else? Yeah, yeah. I just want to say thank you quickly to Dave Cooper at Deluxe underscore Man. Yes. Dave, again, uh, as he so often does, has dug into his own pocket and fired us some cash across to our PayPal, which is just absolutely lovely of him yeah i kind of feel like i owe dave like an evening's worth of beers yeah yeah absolutely at some point yeah he's very generous and was again this week so dave thank you very much for that thank you so much dave thank you in the chud locker this week uh, lauren mcintyre got in touch with uh some tech news (laughs) linking us to a cnn article that's saying high-tech glove translates sign language into speech in real time there you go and uh yeah well this is it her um her comment was it wasn't an orphan reference Sure. I uh, jumped a little bit further back and just said, we're literally a primatologist with a sassy gorilla away from Congo becoming reality. That's it. That's yeah. it. Wow. Um, elsewhere, I want to say a quick little Barry Delgarno, also in the Chud Locker. Yeah. Um, a reference to uh, Species 2, which we, of course, did a watch-along of about a month ago. Yes. Uh, well, this was a surprise. After being crushed that I couldn't fulfill my dream of importing Species T1 Blu-ray from the States, dream big, I stumbled upon a copy on the internet for considerably less than £90 or so it was fetching on eBay. Shit. It may have cost me just under £40, but it was worth it. Just as well, too, because the site I found it on shot the price up to £50 pretty much straight away. So here it is, folks, the Scream Factory Blu-ray of Chudlocker fave Species 2, complete with picture. Yeah, well done, buddy. That's, yes. that's some keen shopping. Quite the find, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've got one more thing here, and it's from Laura Bynan. Okay. Saying, guys, if you ever actually do chud, I shall push up my Patreon. Okay. Just saying. <laughs> Happy to announce in advance that the next Andy vs. Mitch episode will be chud. <laughs> like we're manipulating the narrative to see yourself. Listener's there. Choice episode, chud. <laughs> Double bill, chud. Bud the Chud. Actually, there was chat in the group after that where somebody, where a couple of people were like, oh yeah, you should definitely do Chud, but get Chud too, Bud the Chud to fuck. It's like, no. Excuse me. Bud the Chud is amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, Chud is very, very serious. Like, chud takes itself far too seriously. Yeah. Bud the Chud, however, does not. It really does not, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I, uh, I'm not going to say that it's better. But I think it's a theory. It's a credible theory. It's, it's just that you've put it out there into the world. Yeah, yeah. And I have one more as well. Just a little bit of general niceness from film fan Stevie, of course. Okay. Who, uh, week on week, is updating us um, on his uh, cinemalist struggle at the moment. <laughs> um, and he was just talking about a couple of things that have kind of, apart from watching a bunch of films of wildly varying quality, um, uh, some of the other things that have been kind of... He's literally watched absolute dung all the way up to Citizen Kane. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he was talking about a couple other things that have kind of been taking him over. Uh, one of which is Animal Crossing. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. which um, seems to be uh, a good one for a lot of people. I still don't know what that is. Like, I'm I'm quite a keen video game player, mm-hmm. but I've got a PlayStation. I don't think you can get Animal Crossing on it. No, I th- I, th- I think it's a, it's Switch. a Switch thing. Yeah, the Switch only, I think. Yeah, and uh, so I don't really know anything about it beyond the kind of abstraction that I see people like guys like Graham Resnick talking about it on social media. It's quite involved. By the right. looks of it, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, because I, I see a little, a little bits of it in my flat. 
Sure. Uh, oh, right, okay. And it, it, does, it does look quite relaxing, in fairness. Uh, <laughs> so I can understand why people are using it for that purpose. But TV did also mention the other podcasts that he was listening to, or some podcasts that he was listening to uh, to keep him ticking over as well. So he's been revisiting My Dad Wrote a Porno, which is always good for a laugh. Yeah, great. I've seen myself do that a few times. Uh, last podcast on the left, mm-hmm. and us. Yeah. So in Great ex- company. Excellent company. Uh, so Stevie, hope you're doing well, and hopefully we'll see you soon. Yeah, and hopefully you'll be able to get back into cinemas soon. With any luck, I do hope so. That's about it for this week. Yeah. It is once again time for Mitch's Pitches. Mitch's Pitches is a feature on the show that is designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment. While we are recording, Andy will send a picture to my phone. It will be a poster from a horror film from years gone by. Indeed. He'll have photoshopped out the title and the tagline, left only the image. It will fall to me to describe it to the best of my ability and give it a title and a synopsis. So this past week, we did have Evils of the Night. Yes, we did. Yeah, fuck. Uh, reappropriated by me as... <gasps> Babe Nation alien invasion, the formation, occupation, and infiltration of a face-replacing space station. <laughs> if I sounded a bit quiet there, it's because I, I, I did turn my head to look at my laptop screen to uh, make sure I was saying that right. Did you renew your uh, subscription to Rhyme.com after that? <laughs> um, a bunch of people getting in touch this week. Um, C.P. Buckley. When a group of vampires from the future travel to 1987 to find a new food source after depleting their own, they come across a group of teens having a party at the local beach. After killing some of the kids and kidnapping the others, bringing them on board their timeship. However, one survivor, <laughs> a lot of plasma, <laughs> manages to free herself and causes the ship to crash, trying to radio for help. When the ship crashes, the resulting radiation leak causes her recently deceased friends to return to life as ghouls. Now, Alotta has a lot to contend with as she tries to save the rest of her friends, escape the ghouls, and take down the vampires in 1983's lo-fi sci-fi horror classic, Beach Party Bloodlust. Oh, okay. Sweet. Not half bad. Not so keen. Ah, yeah, okay. On Instagram. Getting a lot of your time this week. He is indeed, yeah. When a sketchily modified strain of galactic crack is mistakenly <laughs> consumed by the crew of the Millennium Falcon. Black crack? Yeah. Han, Luke, Chewie, and then inexplicably resurrected Ben Kenobi mutate and become skinless, flesh-eating vampires that must feed on the blood of the sexually active while the drug makes Princess Leia Organa morph into her promiscuous subconscious alter ego, Leia Organ. Ah. <laughs> Can she survive their bloodthirsty advances and save her friends? Find out in 1978's long-buried horror space opera sequel, Star Wars, The Rebellion Strikes Crack. (laughs) Kevin Matthews, it's a twisted mix of dangerous doctors and even worse nurses in the horrific space disgrace tale of aliens kidnapping hospital patients and seeing how long the bodies can last as they try to replace their blood supply with dangerous xenomorph acid blood. That was a sentence. Starring Joan Collins, Patrick McGowan and Roy Hudd, as well as some of the finest alien (laughs) creatures... creations patched together from the off-cut bins at the back of the BBC Doctor Who sets, you'll never forget immortal lines like, that's not a catheter. Why is my liver sitting in that McEwan's export ashtray? And (laughs) it only hurts when my circulatory system tries to work as it should. (laughs) It's the ambitiously nasty sci-fi horror from the legendary Flaming Sam Booker, 1979's Poison IV. Right, okay. Sweet. Yeah, that's amazing. Chris Salt starting to build a little universe here with her sister Paulette busy fighting evil ninjas in the big city. It's up to space scientist, part-time exotic dancer and lady kung fu master Suki Manoff to to save the world from an even deadlier threat when sinister space skeletons from a parallel universe invade Earth and begin injecting unsuspecting women with nipple-hardening serum. Can Suki stop the ceaseless swarm of a skull-headed sleazoid? Or will a nation's hips forever be knotted? Find out in the straight-to-video sexy sci-fi Shaolin sequel that no one asked for. 1989's Pole Dancer 2, Nips of Fury. <laughs> Cosmic Ray Girl, Alexis. Philia Balls falls fully to <laughs> Supreme Leader Ash Wipe. Ash Wipe? <laughs> 
Can she escape his devilish good looks, or will she fall foul of his blood-sucking ways? Invaders from Uranus, two holes are better than one. <laughs> uh, Gorehound, in a galaxy some way away, a royal reproductive spaceship, Princess Lair, okay, right. is busy inseminating a future screen queen for Space Zombies Delights in 1987's Star Horrors, The Rise of Skywanker. <laughs> And These are fucking great. This is a really good week. This is a fine crop. <laughs> and finally, for this week, Hanny underscore Ray on Twitter. As ever, lightning quick and a really good one. Yeah, she's always in there like minutes after it goes up. Absolutely. A crew of space vampires, angry at being discovered by radio wave powered telescopes that don't rely on mirrors, come to Earth to harvest the blood <laughs> of the youthful to rebuild their suspiciously humanoid bodies in space vampires. Transfusion confusion. Ah, right, okay, wow. So that is your, uh, that's your pick of the week. That this was week. really great, guys. Well done. Um, best character name of this pitch, then? I'm going to give uh, best character names to Alexis. Okay, fair play. And best pitch to Kevin. Kevin's one was amazing. So, yeah. uh, Alexis and Kevin, big well done to the both of you. Yeah. You are this week's winners. Nothing. nothing. That's what you've won. Nothing. I mean, like, I guess everybody gets nothing, but you get it at the announcement. Yeah, sure. The satisfaction. Okay, so I guess it's my turn now, right? Uh, As now the past couple of weeks, Mitch, I've given you quite complicated images. Okay. There's a lot happening in them. And what I've done this week is I've sent you something, or I'm about to send you something a little simpler. But that sometimes causes you some problems. It does. You think that simplicity would make it easier. Mm. And sometimes it's like it's too wide a net. Yeah, sure. And it's very difficult to kind of shackle it to something and get an idea to run with. Mm -hmm. Right, let's see what you're giving me here. Okay, it's on its way now. Okay, here we go. Oh my, okay. See what I mean? Yeah, this, uh, Yeah, I know what you mean. In a way, there's a lot going on here, but conceptually, pretty simple. So the backdrop is split in two here, I think it's fair to say. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. The top two thirds, or maybe even three quarters, is black. Mm? And um, the remainder at the bottom is red. Yes, yes. There's no border to the image, as far as I can see. So the entire top half of the image is black, so I'm assuming that that's where the title and things are that you've taken out. Yes. In the middle, there is an absolute horde of feral-looking mice or rats. Right, uh, not an expert in rodentia. No, far from it. Didn't even know Rodentia was a word. Uh, I don't know if it is. Are you willing to come down either way? Are you willing to take a corner? No, I'm going to leave it ambiguous for the purposes of giving me more options when I'm choosing a title. Fuck's sake, okay. Yeah, yeah, um, there's loads of them. One of them at the front, who seems to be the ringleader, is looking directly in camera, if you like, at the viewer, snarling, blood dripping from his teeth, I think. But yeah, there's loads of them, some of which you can see all of, some of which are partially obscured, and some of which are just a pair of uh, angry-looking red eyes off in the distance. Yeah. Yeah. Underneath that, we have a small group of men or women in white biohazard suits holding guns. Yes, okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, army of heavily PPE'd people uh, <laughs> armed against a torrent of vermin. Fair, yep, yep. As ever, I will need but a moment. You've got it. Now, I've talked a fair amount before about how I don't like flying. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I, I do it if I have to, but generally I'm uh, quite standoffish with flying. Another thing I don't like, and I don't mind telling you, I'm not scared of them, but they give me the X as any rodent with one of those long, thick, translucent pink tails. Sure. They, they, they give me the gack, they give me the fear a wee bit. This, this image in particular is almost triggering. Uh, not less so, because I can't see their tails. Like, did you have to like? Did you have to confront something deep within yourself? Did you have to really dig it out yourself to do the Photoshop work on this one? I did it with my eyes closed. 
<laughs> doing a very good job. Can, that's that's the case. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Thanks for not shopping out anything of vital importance. In fact, you might have for all I know. I've actually portmanteaued two Mitch's pictures posters together. But yeah, and, and so like, there, there, should be, there should be like two spaceships <laughs> on the top. They're just gone. I'm assuming then that uh, everything that should be in the image is there, then I think I have an idea. Okay, <laughs> let's go. Do it. Do okay. it. Do it. Mild-mannered science graduate Ian Trovert thinks that he <laughs> thinks he has it made when he snags a research fellowship at the illustrious McCheese Institute for Advanced Research. Oh, for f- <laughs> However, as his work at the facility begins and he starts getting more familiar with his co-workers, he starts to wonder if all is as it seems. Late one night, he hides in a storage cupboard until the rest of the staff have gone home and breaks into the office of the organization's chief executive officer, Sherman McCheese. <laughs> is he the weird mayor from McDonald's? I don't know what his first name is. (laughs) To his alarm, he discovers that McCheese is in fact an agent of the Dark Lord Satan, looking to weaponize the facility's thousands of research mice to spread disease amongst God-fearing Christians across the land. (laughs) Strap in for the unholy collision of determined vermin, unangelic evangelicals, and a decidedly heathen McCheese in 1983's infestation (laughs) horror, Mouse of the Devil. (laughs) So you went with mice. Laboratory mice. You only went and done it. (laughs) I'm afraid so. guys you're probably wondering what just happened and uh basically uh you want to feel this one or will i uh i'll take it so what happened was we recorded earlier today everything seemed fine we had a file at the end of it that was somewhere in the region of 47 minutes long passed it over to mitch for mitch to do the edit and upon mitch taking on the edit realized that whatever had happened we were 10 minutes short at the end so we're basically just recording, or rather, re-recording the outro of this. Um, so apologies for the sudden shift in audio quality that you might be finding from myself. Yeah, many apologies for that. But um, a couple of things left to burn through. And, well, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, before the Gremlins got their hands on it, we'd just heard my pitch. So I think that what's next would be finding out <laughs> what this film actually is, uh, what's it about, and who's synopsizing? Well, I can tell you, Mitch, that the year is 1984's Rats. Ooh. Night of Terror. Night of Terror, no less. Okay. Uh, what's this one about? Who's synopsizing? The synopsizer is someone we've had a couple of times before. It's not the mushed up liver spread, but it is synopsizer Matthew Pate. Matthew Pate, the prodigal entree returns. Okay. <laughs> Uh, uh, and what I wanted to also say is we've had a request come in here on the social meds. We have had a request for us to dedicate this week's synopsis reading once again to Chuck Spadina 25, Chloe Bestley, uh, who is returning to work this week. Presumably not for long because I think she's quite heavily pregnant. I believe that's true, yeah. Yeah, so Chloe, I don't think we need to tell you who this is from. No, I wouldn't say so. But what's about to happen is for you. In the year 2230. (laughs) Okay. 
<laughs> Didn't see that one coming, did you? I did not, no. 215 years after a nuclear war destroyed the surface of the world, a group of 11 nomadic motorcyclist scavengers arrive in a deserted town searching for food and water when they are set upon by thousands of flesh-eating mutant rats. Armed with various assault weapons, flamethrowers and other sharp objects, the group must cooperate with each other to fight the increasing number of murderous rodents in order to survive the long, long, long night. That's very sensual. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, uh, is this one any good? Uh, it's all right. It's out on uh, 88 Films's Italian collection. Oh, okay, cool. But yeah, I think it might also be an Amazon Prime. But yeah, it's out there. And it also stars Jaretta Jaretta from Demons and, of course, Mother Rock. Ah, okay. So keeping it kind of topical then. Yeah, and also want to say there was only one long uh, in the written synopsis that I was reading from. <laughs> <laughs> that was an embellishment. Some creative license, love it. Um, <laughs> that concludes Mitch's pitches for this week. That image is everywhere, so if you want to get in and uh, play along yourself, then you know where to find it. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Chudlocker, the works. It's on Twitter as well. Um, in the meantime, let's take a look at what's coming to the streaming platforms this week. Not going to lie, last week, kind of an embarrassment of riches. We're kind of the other way a little bit this week. Okay. A little bit of a thinner crop. Amazon Prime, we've got nothing unless you count Ramble Last Blood, which lands on Tuesday. <laughs> it's very gory, so uh, if, you, if you're into gore, you, can, uh, you, you should check it out. Yeah, okay, cool. I'm happy to count it. I think we have to right now. Um, on Netflix on Friday, we've got The Old Guard. Uh, four undying warriors who've secretly protected humanity for centuries become targets for their mysterious powers just as they discover a new immortal. Ooh. Yeah, there you go. Um, trash. <laughs> it does a little bit. Um, Sky Cinema on Friday, we've got It Chapter 2. 27 years have passed Ooh. since The Loser Club went down into the sewers and defeated the evil Pennywise. But he's back and the group now adults must return to Derry to finish the job. Uh, I don't care for this, as you know, neither do you. No, 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 no. Uh, some excellent performances aside, I can't really recommend this at all. No, I'm, I'm, much, the, I'm much the same, I must say, which is a shame because I love Chapter 1. Shudder has your back a little bit on uh, Monday the 6th, which is today, if you're listening on air date. I've got 13 Sins, back to, um, I believe, 2014 for this one. Horror thriller from the director of The Last Exorcism, Daniel Stamm. Desperate, debt-ridden salesman agrees to perform an increasingly hideous set of tasks in order to win millions of dollars. you seen this? No. It's not bad. Um, what I would say is that if this vague premise appeals to you, then it might be worth remembering that both <laughs> Would You Rather and Cheap Thrills also exist. <laughs> God, Cheap Throws is so great. It is, it's amazing. I'm not telling you how to live your life, but I'm just reminding you those films exist. <laughs> And on Thursday, we've got the beach house. Escaping to a family's beach house to reconnect, Emily and Randall find their off-season trip interrupted by Mitch and Jane, an older couple acquainted with Randall's estranged father. Unexpected bonds form as the couples let loose and enjoy the isolation, but it all takes an ominous turn as increasingly strange environmental phenomena begin to warp their peaceful evening as the effects of an infection become evident. Wait, have you got a year for this? Uh, Have I got a year for the beach house? I think it's new. Because if it is, apparently it's great. Oh, really? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that this is like a Shudder original. I think it's brand new. Right, cool. Um, but that's your lot for this week. For a pick, I would say probably The Beach House, actually. <sighs> Having not seen The Beach House, I can only kind of go on what I've heard. So, And I've heard pretty good things, I think, from... I think I played at some festivals, maybe. I might be making all this up entirely. <laughs> but um, aside from that, if, if I'm not recommending The Beach House, I'm kind of going to have to plead the fifth. 
As in the fictional fifth option, because these four aren't really doing it for you. Yeah, or the Fifth Amendment, and just <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not about to sit here and recommend that anyone goes and watches at Chapter Two, for example. Uh no, no, I couldn't do that in good conscience either. However, that's your lot for this week. If you do check any of it out, let us know. However, it is time to turn our attentions to this week's episode. So, mm. we um, do have a guest this week. Uh, this guy has been in a lot of stuff, but you may know him <laughs> from appearing in Agents of Shield and also Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it's Galen Howard. Yeah, this is going to be cool, because we're doing a film this week that I've seen a handful of times. I actually own, and I'm, I kind of swing wildly on whether I like it or don't. Okay. Part of me is like, it's great. Part of me is like, uh, it's self-indulgent shite. So right. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to revisiting it, because it's been a while since I've, since I've watched it. So it should be pretty good. We're going back to 2010 for Quentin Dupuis's Killer Tire movie. Rubber. See, now, I haven't seen this, mm-hmm. but it's been on my list for ages, and loads of people ask me if I've seen it, so I'm quite looking forward to uh, getting the chance to get that watched, um, especially for episode 109, where we talk Rubber with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Brooklyn Nine-Nine's Galen Howard. Yeah, looking forward to this. Yeah, me too, and um, if you want to get in touch and talk to us a little bit about what you make of this, then uh, there's a few ways you can do that. Facebook and Instagram are Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us as well at Strong Violent PC, and you can email Scenes at gmail.com. Don't forget also, if you want to interact a little bit more directly with some other listeners, you can also do it on our Facebook group, The Chud Locker. And of course, hop onto our website, strongviolentpod.com, where you can find just about everything that you would need to know about us and the show. And if you're feeling particularly fruity, hop along onto our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash stronglanguageviolentscenes, where you can find a whole bunch of tiers there. In fact, as of today, release day, if you're listening on release day, our first piece of Patreon exclusive content will be going out. So yeah, that'll be there. Yeah, keep an eye out for that. Should be landing in your feeds if it's not there already very soon indeed. And um, a couple of people joining the Patreon this week who will be saying thank you to them very soon indeed. We are back this Friday for episode 109, Talking at Rubber with Galen Howard. Join us then if you can. In the meantime, don't forget, it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds. Goodbye. Bye. Hey guys, as promised, just want to say a very quick thank you to a couple of people uh, getting on board the Patreon train this week. Toot toot. A uh, quick thank you to Alexis Donnelly, a listener from pretty much day one. More or less. Alexis, thank you so much. Can't tell you how grateful we are, uh, and we really hope that you like the content that we're going to be putting out. And we've got a whole bunch of things planned. And also, a big thank you to Barry Delgarno. Barry, thank you so much, man. You are one of the good guys. Yeah, big thank you to Alexis and Barry then uh, joining the, in on the Patreon this week. If you want to be cool like them, head on to patreon.com <laughs> forward slash strong language violence scenes. Take a look for yourself. We're back very soon. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean. 